And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is Monday, June 27th, and we are trying to answer your financial questions. And they can range from all different kinds of things. We talk a lot about retirement and investments, but you know, we also love hearing from you when you're thinking about making a big change in your life, maybe a new job, a different career, perhaps it's a new business. You know, Mark, I'm wondering, remember early in the pandemic, there were a ton of new business formations. I'm wondering if that's going to continue because a lot of times when you have a slowdown in the economy, maybe even a potential recession, it happens. Businesses do become really interesting and um, new endeavors certainly crop up quite a bit. So if that's something you're considering, just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. We'll help you figure out the best way to finance those new positions, those new jobs, those new careers, those new businesses. We want to help you look at your money as a tool to do the stuff you want to do, whatever that is. See, it's all about you. So just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Today, we are joined on the line by a listener named Annetta. Hello, Annetta. You're from the Pacific Northwest. What can we do for you? Good morning, Jill and Mark. So I am just want to have a checkup to see how me and my husband are doing on the retirement mm-hmm. and have a few questions like how can we adjust better? And the main problem is what to do with our money that we really don't know what to do. I know it's a big problem to have, but just how to allocate them the best to get us um, emergency savings and uh, leave the rest to grow. So to use it as a Additional on emergency fun, fun fund. Oh, a fun fund. I lo- we're going to do the fun fund is always the most interesting part to uh, to ch- to accumulate, isn't it? So, Anessa, yes. tell us a little bit about yourself. So, you said you're you're married. So, how old are you guys? I'm 48. My husband will be 50 in a couple of months. Do you have yep. kids? Yes, we have two teens, 14 and 16 years old. Oh boy, how's that going? <laughs> 
Uh, okay, that's a topic for another show. <laughs> okay. Are you both working out of the house? Yes, we are both working. Um, my husband works for the federal government and I work for the local government. Oh, I like this because, you know, I, I'm going to keep go, going on this for a second. You work for the local government. So how much do you earn right now? About 72000 And are you putting money into a retirement account? So, yes, I am in called PERS2. So this is kind of pension-based account. Okay. That's great. How many years in do you have so far? 16. That's great. So you put money into a pension. How much goes into that? Do you know what percentage of your income? A, a little ab- above 6% of my income goes into it. And I think my employer is putting some. So currently I have like 70000 and I should have a pension after 30 years. My pay- pension should be about 3300 a month. That's great. And you're still, you'll still be young at that point. So that's interesting. And you like your job? Is it good or you hate it? I do like it. And if I would ever change anything, I would stay in the same retirement system. Oh, that's that great. Was, but I do like it. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to be a lifer. Okay, great. And what about your husband? How much does he earn? So he makes about 120000 a year. He has a TSP. And he has about 520000 in the TSP. He started catch-up contributions this year, um, and he's putting it into the Roth TSP because I guess it's available right now. And he also will have a pension. So he's when you say he's maxing out, so is he putting in $27,000 a year into the thrift yes. savings? That's great. Yes, Fantastic. so he's putting, and that's one of our questions. So he's putting about 20000 or so into TSP and then the the catch-up into the Roth VSP. Okay. He started All right. this year. Okay. That's great. Tell us a little bit about his pension. What does that look like? So it looks like he's going to have about 3000 a month, um, maybe 32 if he decides to uh, work for 32 years. It's okay. So, but that's the max. What is he targeting and what are you targeting? Like, how do you guys think about retirement in terms of like the age? You see, So you have 16 years and you need 14 mm-hmm. more years, which would mean you're 62. Is that when yes. you want to just be done? Both of yes. you, so you think? I think I will be, I will stick to 30 years of employment and maybe longer. I don't know. I'm not opposed to, you know, to work longer, if that makes sense. And I'm, I'm a person that likes to do things. My husband wants to retire also after 30 years, so he would be 60, which may work great because by the time I'm done, he's going to be 64, so we'll just have only a short gap till we can pull the social security unless we decide to take the reduced benefits, obviously. Okay, I got it. That's great, though. So. If you guys, if you look ahead and we look at 1662, and let's pretend you, you're going to have $6,300 a month coming in from pensions. If you look at how you're spending money, and I know you got kids and you're a lot, a lot going on, but do you have an idea about how much money you need, your income needs? I think that, that the pension should cover us, especially if the house is paid off um, at that time as well. Um, right now, our we're spending about $8,000 a month, I would say, maybe seven. Tell us about that house. How much is it worth? So it's currently worth about 550000 and we have um, 14 years left on the mortgage with 240000 left. 
Perfect. This is all fantastic. This is already lining up to be a great game plan. Now, when we look at the the pension coming in, you mentioned Social Security. So is the idea that when you retire, you get the pension and you can spend some money and then you would claim Social Security at your full retirement ages? Well, so it all depends. Like uh, my husband is thinking more that we he may want to take the reduced. If we need money, he can take a reduced. I don't know if that's going to be necessary if I will be still working right. for you know, another right. four years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we may be able to breach that gap um, of three years or what, what's not before he starts pulling his social security. Maybe with the with the TSP account. Or- yeah, that's what I'm thinking. In terms of the total money that's available to you, you've got the money in the thrift savings plan. Do you have any other money that is outside of retirement as well? So we have about 60000 in inherited IRA that my husband inherited. And we really don't know what to really do much with this. And we have about 35000 in the brokerage account. Is that in addition to whatever emergency reserve fund you have, that 35000 So <laughs> both this inherited IRA and the 30 brokerage account, we kind of keep it as an emergency slash fun fun whenever, if we ever need it. I am not really happy with having the emergency funds in this brokerage account. Honestly, would like to have them have them somewhere more secure. But I, we do try to save. It's just more of like a tidal wave whenever we save something in our regular checking or saving account. The tide comes and just takes it all out and then we start building up. So we'll never have been able to build to the point that we have, you know, 20, 30,000 of money. Just safe money. So, yeah. yeah just safe so money. in the inherited IRA, the who did your husband inherit that from and in what year did that person die? So it was from my, from his dad and he passed away in 2015. He doesn't have to, he's not forced to take the money out um, any faster than, you don't have a clock ticking, but that is money that's available to you. Do you have any money saved up for the kids in terms of college stuff? Yes. So they both have 529s. Um, My 14-year-old has, last time I checked anyway, was like 53,000 and my 16-year-old has like 56,000. They were both started at the same time of a council. That's why it's not much difference. Do you contribute to that on an ongoing basis at this point or not? Yes, we we put 200 to each every month. And when you look at all of the, everything you're doing, so you look at your retirement um, contributions, you look at his retirement contributions, you're putting money into the 529 plans. Do you feel like you've got anything left over or is it just kind of, does it go away? Because it's not like you make a ton of money, you make good money, but you're putting a lot of money into retirement. So how do you feel about the cash flow? Do you ever feel tight or not so much? So again, it's like, it's more like a tidal wave. We have more, we have times when uh, we are able to save, save about 2000 per month. And there are times we like to travel. I have to admit that's our weak spot. And that sometimes just takes away whatever we save. So it's it fluctuates. I think I would be okay still having about thousand dollars allocated somewhere else okay. and just don't touch it. But you know. But you so you like to travel and that's good. Who's actively managing the inherited IRA and the brokerage account? Who's who's doing that? You so, or someone else? 
So there's someone else. We have it right now of personal capital, and we kind of thinking about uh, going away from that to save money on the management, um, especially that it's not such a big amount. And we were thinking maybe just getting everybody's talking about I-bonds. So just thinking, well, maybe we should pull out some money and buy I-bonds. I just don't know if it's a good idea in this market. Or You could do I-bonds. Here's one thing to think about. You guys are going to be, you're going to, because you're going to earn pensions in the future, you're going to have a decent tax hit, you know, when you think about like, wow, in the future, our tax rate may not go down as much as, say, someone who doesn't have a pension, right? Because we know that, you know, eventually, not this second, but eventually, you're going to have this $6,300 a month. There's probably going to be another $5,000, $4,000, between the two of you in Social Security. So it's not such a terrible thing for you to pull some of the money out of that inherited IRA today and try to, you know, just like essentially use that money and have it accessible to you in some way, shape or form. So here's what I'm thinking about. Just big, big picture. Your guys are great for retirement. You're fantastic. There's nothing, you know that, right? You have that, you have that sense, right? Because I was hoping you're going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are great. I don't think it's great for him to claim his social security benefits early because you have money. So you'll be able to, to actually float that. But I do think that depending on how important you it, it is for the kids in college, you know, we're, we're, you're a little underfunded on these 529 plans. Yes. So do you think they'll be going to state school or private school? What's your, what's your hope, I, I would say? I don't think they know. Um, I think mostly state, if out of state, you don't have to, you know, like my husband went to North Carolina and the tuition they there even for out of state is reasonable. So that wouldn't be a big deal. They also have the opportunity to go somewhere in European Union. So Oh right. And for free ish, not free, free, but like a right, low cost. Yeah. That's that's correct. So right. I don't know what they're going to decide. I'm thinking at least at the beginning they will start somewhere close by. I'm I'm seeing them more in the state school system. Okay. But, so what do you think about putting more money into the 529 plans right now and also building, I mean, I think that brokerage account, essentially you should get out of it and that should be your emergency reserve slash fund fund funds. And then I think when you take the money out of the inherited IRA, you just add the money that comes out of that inherited IRA every year, put it into the brokerage account. I wouldn't mind you guys having 75, 80 grand that's like in safe money. And maybe every time you pull money out of the inherited IRA, you put it in the 529 plan. Because you make you take a distribution every year, right? So uh, I, I think so. We just uh, didn't have it last two years because they let it. Oh let right, well okay. over. So I'm just kind of it's now the blur. Let me ask you this: If we said to you, you're going to put twenty grand into the Roth, and then the other money that comes out that frees up some money, and then instead of two hundred dollars a month for each of those kids, we go to I don't know a thousand dollars a month. How do you think that would go? Or $500, let's say $500 a month each. Do you think you could do that? Oh, well, we're definitely willing to try. So again, the the premise here is you you are in such good shape for retirement. You're one of these, the, the sort of the unicorns that 
you're putting lots of money in your retirement plans, but we actually need some of that money to fund college. So I think that if we pulled back, if you just use the Roth, right, and now just put in really simple, just say, okay, forget the catch up contribution. We're going to put 20 grand into his Roth. And then every month, so, you know, now he's doing 27. So what do we want to capture that seven grand, right? And so now we're going to take that seven grand and we're going to allocate it into the kids' 529 plans. And so instead of putting $200 a month, we're going to say put $500 a month in each of these accounts, okay? For the 35,000, you certainly could buy I-bonds. You know, the thing is with I-bonds, it's kind of emergency reserve, but it really is money you shouldn't touch for probably five years. I mean, you could do it. You could put 10 grand in an I-bond, but I really want the money that's coming out of this account to be safe money. So maybe out of the 35, 10 can go into I-bonds, 10 or 15, but the other money, you have to have it accessible to you, especially if you want to do stuff. So whatever you think you really need within the next two or three years, do not put in the I-bonds. If you have some other reason, like if you could pull money from something else or you you just have a period of time now where you're not traveling so much and the money builds up, sure, you can buy some I-bonds, but don't go crazy with it. From the inherited IRA standpoint, you don't have to take the money out faster, but if you wanted to, maybe you take out uh, five grand a year and pay the tax that's due and put that money in the 529s or just put it in the brokerage account for the time being and in the uh, emergency reserve fund, the old brokerage, now emergency reserve fund. It's fine to empty out that inherited IRA because you know what? It's going to be taxable eventually anyway. And just if you do it a little bit at a time, you pay the tax along the way, it'd be fine. I'm hoping by the time college comes along, we have some idea about, you know, where the kids are going to go. If you felt like, oh my God, uh, we don't have enough money, right? Like let's say 16 year old goes to school and you have uh, $75,000. Don't fret. You, you can always pull more money out of the inherited IRA. You really can. Okay. And you'll do a little bit at a time because if they're in state, what's it cost? 25 grand? Uh, yeah, about twenty-five to 30000 a year. Right. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll get there. I don't think it's going to be so bad. And you can pull money. And that's why I think a little, see, I'd rather you do a little bit of the inherited IRA at a time. Because if you wait till the bitter end, if we wait five years and the inherited IRA has 50 grand in it, and we need that money to help 16-year-old go to school, you know, for junior and senior year, because you're going to have like a couple of years where they overlap, you know. And, and if that's the case, then I'd rather you, pull the money out of the inherited IRA a little bit at a time, pay the tax that's due. And then, uh, you know, you'll have the money out of there. It'll be taxed. It's available for college. You can put in the 529 plan. You should be all set. Okay. How's Sounds that? Like plan. All right. Now, do you have insurance, life insurance? What's going on? Yes, ma'am. We do. I have 500 for myself and my husband, I think, has like 900. Okay. Well, I guess, he, you know. If you had to kill him to pay for college, you could. <laughs> um, what about wills, you know, guardianship, all that stuff? You have well, estate planning? Yeah, we all done. What's your, so you love travel. Tell us about your um, your top three trips. Mark always loves that question. I like all of them, but um, I did enjoy the trip to Bavaria. So Germany, oh. Austria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, that's so funny. Mark was just talking about Austria. And I'm like, oh, I was, uh, yesterday, yesterday we were talking about this. And I was like, ah, Austria is boring. That's what I said to him. And it is beautiful. That is, So mm-hmm. I, I know, I love that Salzburg tour. I went on the Sound of Music tour. I sang like a little baby. It was great. All right. So we got, you like the, the German, 
uh, Austrian uh, yes. tour. Okay, what else? Give uh, us another uh, two. I love uh, I love Italy, mm, and I do love Norway. Norway, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, it's it's very expensive, but it's it's really beautiful there. And as you can tell, I have all the other six continents to visit. So wait, so you really got to get busy. You can't just be I, like I all yeah. your, you can't be like European focused only. That sounds like Mark. Although Mark, you've been to other places. You've been to Australia. Yeah, I've been to Australia. I've been to uh, China and Japan. Yeah, that's on the plan for hopefully my older really wants to go to Japan. So hopefully that's going oh to happen. my god, it's amazing. It's it's mind blowing actually. It is mind-blowing because all that European stuff where you're like everyone sort of, you know, it's very familiar when you go to some of these European yes. countries, right? This yes. is like nothing you've ever experienced. It's wild. If I could go back in time, like in my 20s, and you gave me a chance to, okay, you can go live anywhere, Mark, you would think I'd probably say like Italy or Paris. No, I would go to Tokyo. Really? That's what everybody says. It's their favorite, everybody's favorite city. And I'm just like, wow, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, it's a, it's really, it's an interesting place. I was the tallest person there by a foot. It, I, and people were scared of me when I walked around. But, um, you know, if you're a big, tall, white chick, you stick out like a sore thumb. But all that being said, Aneta, you're in great shape for your retirement. You're going to fund some extra money into that those kids' college funds. And you're going to be a happy camper. So we'll, we'll have a lot big big fat travel fund and we'll spend it all down. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. If you are thinking about how you're going to fund your next travel, your next phase of like, oh my God, I want to travel. I want to do this. I want to do that. If you're thinking about whether you should be weighing retirement in favor of education or vice versa, we would love to help you out. Just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. While you're there, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. Every single Friday, Mark does an amazing job. He gets all this cool stuff from around the world wide web. And uh, don't forget that you can also donate to the Cycle for the Cause, my 275 mile ride, which you will not stop hearing about until September. And I promise you will ultimately stop hearing about it. But it's a three-month period, gang. So let's get through it together. Thank you very much for everyone who's been donating. It's very sweet. And I so appreciate it. And especially when it comes from my Jill on Money community, it means the world to me. So thank you very much. Okay. Do something nice for someone else today. It will make that person feel better. It will make you feel better. And we really do appreciate it. So Grit, Growth, Grace, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity forming strong teams to support them. Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.